But the thing is, I love it. And once you find something you love, it's not a job. It's not taxing. Yes, there are challenges. Yes, there's things that are going to go wrong. But as long as you kind of stay focused, you keep that motivation up and you surround yourself with people who are just like you, who are just as driven, just as motivated, just as hardworking and are willing to be your team and support you like a family, then I think you're good to go. Welcome to another episode of Under Oath, a podcast brought to you by the organization Women Pursuing Law. I'm Hani Siddiqui, WPL's president. And I'm Zara Kabir, WPL's vice president. Under Oath will aim to shed light on different career paths within law, give you the chance to hear from noted speakers, and show the industry from the POV of a woman. Under Oath will also serve as a platform dedicated to empowering women and non-binary conforming individuals in the law industry. So if that aligns with your ideas, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Without further ado, let's get right into this episode. and welcome back to the first episode of the second season of Under Oath. It is so good to be back, but for our newer listeners, hello, I'm Kavi Vinagopalan, a sophomore economics major, and I will be your host for today. Today, I'm with Veda Sai, who is a senior majoring in interdisciplinary studies. Thank you, Kavya. I'm a pre-law student. I'm your local friendly pharmacy technician, barista, and an avid Netflix watcher. I do a little bit of everything on campus. I want to begin by asking you why you wanted to do law. I like to think it was a pretty uh, unconventional track, um, you know, at best. I actually started off as a pre-med for about two years. And then the more I did it, the more I thought about what I wanted to get out of my whole life. And I thought, you know, this, this isn't what I pictured. At the time, I was doing an internship with a specialty pharmaceuticals company. The more I did it, the more I interacted with patients who had rare diseases, which was our focus the more I realized how important policy was. A lot of what we did was importing things, working with distributors, talking about contracts. And it just kind of naturally ended up leading me to do a lot of research into business law. Right around that same time, I was speaking with the dean of the Honors College, who's a very, very close mentor of mine. And he knew that I was starting to hesitate with medical school and I didn't know where I wanted to go. So he introduced me to mock trial, and that is when my life had officially changed. Like when you talk about the climax moment of a drama, this is mine, literally at a Chinese restaurant, literally 7.30 p.m. He was like, you need to do mock trial. So that's how it ended up. That, I think, is the most brilliant story about how you ended up in law. I love that so much. It gets even better. Wait till you hear what went down at the restaurant. (laughs) Oh, well, now we all have to hear about this. All right. So I was working um, with the freshmen who were coming in. I was teaching them how to do research. I was a part of that program. Just on the side and, you know, during the fly, they were like, hey, you know Mandarin Chinese. We have exchange students coming. Would you want to sit down with us and just talk and tell them about what life is like in America? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, sure, I guess. So I show up at the Chinese restaurant, um, you know, I'm talking with these students. They're great. They're awesome. And the dean was sitting next to me. He goes, yeah, have you met Tony? And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, Tony, the exchange student. Yeah, he's pretty nice. What's up? Right. He goes, no, 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 not that one. Tony Seagrove. I'm like, who? So if you've ever been to a Chinese restaurant, those tables are huge, right? He points across the table and I see this six foot three, 300 pound, you know, middle aged white man. And I'm thinking that's probably not the exchange student. But hey. 
I'm not going to stereotype anybody, right? Uh, he goes, yeah, that's the coach for mock trial. And I go, mock what? <laughs> he goes, yeah. He goes, Tony, Tony. And I'm thinking, oh, no, 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 no. I just want to eat my orange chicken. <laughs> he goes, yeah, Veda would be great for mock trial. And I'm sitting here going, I still don't know what this is. And the coach is like, what's going on? He goes, yeah, this is Veda. You need to put her in mock trial. And, I, and we, we both, you know, exchange pleasantries. We're like, oh, okay, cool. Next day, we take the students to burgers. Because you're in Texas. You got you to eat a burger. And lo and behold, the coach is still there. And my dean comes to me and goes, yeah, have you talked to him about mock trial yet? I said, oh, no, not yet. Actually, um, you know, it's been pretty busy. I'll, I'll find time this week. Literally, the next day, the dean comes back. He goes, have you, did, have you interviewed for mock trial? And I said, I will do it tomorrow. So I went to the coach the next day sat down, you know, he was just telling me about what the program was. It's a class at UTD. It's how the credit hours work. Here's what the textbook is like. And by the end of the interview, I was sitting there thinking, I mean, this is cool, I guess. And I was like, oh, thank you for your time. He goes, yeah, you're enrolled. What? And I stayed with the program. And about halfway through, almost thought about quitting. I was thinking, I am no good at this. You know, this isn't for me. I'm not cut out. One of our captains, had a medical issue. They needed me to fill in. And it was during that tournament, probably about halfway through, I was like, I can learn this. I might be able to get good at this. And literally it was at that point that I, I knew I wanted to go to law school. I wanted to see this all the way through. To think it all started at a Chinese restaurant. That is amazing. Jiangxi. Go to Jiangxi at Richardson. It will change your life. Well, looking at that experience and your overall experience at UTD, you've done a a lot. You've done mediation, mock trial. What do you think was the most helpful in your overall pre-law journey? So personally for me, I came from a business background. So even though I did study all, you know, your good pre-med courses, organic chemistry and all that good stuff, at the end of the day, my core is business. It's entrepreneurial. It is not your traditional political science. I think mediation probably gave me some of my strongest skills. So for those of you who don't know, the mediation program at UTV is not a class. It is purely an extracurricular and it's focused on each of the tournaments that we attend. The goal of mediation is to create a settlement. So what you'll do is you'll bring in two parties that traditionally takes place before any trial, before any litigation. And your goal is to just find the best compromise between whatever the legal issue might be. It's very, very friendly. It is so distinctly different from mock trial. Mock trial is cutthroat. It is dramatic. Uh, Mediation is very zen. It's very calm. It's very hold hands around the fire. So I think that's probably something I'd really recommend. And the reason that I recommend it for everybody is because it's not a class. It's You don't need to dedicate as much time to it, but you still get to see the world of law. I think last year I competed and ended up third internationally. You know, I'm talking about people from Poland, about people from Canada, from India. Like It is great to get to see how the legal system works in different countries, get to talk to people from different backgrounds. And the story of how I ended up there is insane as well. I need to know now, now that you brought it up, okay. what is that story? Sure. So I'm two years into mock trial and the coach for mediation also happens to be the coach for mock trial. I'm literally like five minutes away from needing to attend my virtual organic chemistry class. And the coach emails me and goes, hey, Veda, would you happen to be free today? We have a mediation tournament. It's like 9.55 a.m., I want to say. And I go, well, I don't have too much going on. What's up? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to help out. He goes, yeah, so we're halfway through opening ceremonies. Um, Here's the Zoom link. There's a 
college from Dubuque, Iowa, and their third person just dropped out and you have to have three people to compete. And I say, yeah, sure, coach, that would be great. But the problem is I've never done mediation before. He goes, that's fine. I'll teach you. I'm sitting here thinking, we're halfway through openings. How are you going to teach me to do a tournament I've never done before? So I show up there and my teammates are literally amazing. I'm still friends with them. We still talk and text. They taught me everything literally within like the hour before our first round. I think for that one, we placed like second overall in the tournament. And then we got individual awards as well. And I was like, I love this stuff. Don't skip class, but (laughs) it's great. It's, It's really great. Fantastic program. UTD has always done well and you get to travel the country and sometimes the world. I know we've talked a lot about mediation and mock trial, but what are the certain requirements that individuals need to get into those programs? Yeah. So mediation, no requirements, no experience needed. You don't need to be a specific major. You don't have to have taken certain classes. All you got to do is be willing to be punctual. You got to be positive. You got to be willing to work with other people. Mock trial doesn't have any prerequisites, but the key with that is the time commitment. It takes a lot of time, but it's a lot of fun. So usually you'll have one team meeting either on Monday or Tuesday for two hours in the evening, and then you'll need to be present for at least three hours um, on Wednesdays for that class. We also get tournaments there, so you need to be able to attend the tournaments. That's part of it. And have a good attitude, honestly. The coach is really great. His name is Tony Seagroves. Uh, He's life-changing. He's literally like a best friend to me and the greatest mentor. And I'm also in moot court. Moot court does have some prerequisites. You had to have either taken con law or civil liberties, and then you need to go through an interview process with Dr. Kirby. She only takes, I think, 60 students a year maximum, so you want to get in touch with her and you want to make sure you schedule that interview and the application early, but also fantastic. I'm loving it so far. What are your goals for your senior year at UTD and what are your goals post-grad? We all want to know because you've had such an interesting career (laughs) at UTD, so now we need to know what's going to happen next. I think for my senior year, because we're able to be in person, one of the things I want to do is just really take time and kind of reflect on how everything has changed. So I'm in the Honors College. I'm the speaker for our uh, Honors Council, and I'm also the student director for our National Merit Program. So for any of you in those programs, feel free to reach out to me. We have a senior capstone project, and something that I want to accomplish is find a way to create art pieces that really reflect on my emotions, how I'm feeling, um, and then just kind of capture this, you know, crazy trajectory that my life has taken in that project. And then something else that I want to do is I'm going to be an Archer Fellow in the spring, so I'm a little bit sad that this is my last semester on campus, Um, but something I do want to do is kind of transition all the leadership roles I have to our great, uh, you know, sophomores, as well as our juniors and our freshmen, um, not to forget about y'all, and just make sure that those connections with everybody I know continue and keep all of our programs really strong, really in touch with everybody in the DFW area, you know, make sure that there's longevity in these programs. It took so much time to build each of these up, and I really want it to take off, and I want y'all to continue to do well, even if I'm in D.C. Um, and that other part of your question, my postgrad plans. Very good question. <laughs> uh, I am applying to law school, but uh, just to keep an open mind, it's totally okay to take a gap year. 
it took me probably two years to be okay with that because for so long, you know, I felt like there was a culture where it's okay, straight from undergrad, you got to go to your next big step, right? Whatever it is, med school, grad school, law school. Um, but I think there's room to just breathe, right? So I was talking with um, the Office of Distinguished Scholarships, Dr. Douglas Dow, yesterday. And he really encouraged me to apply for some scholarships. I definitely will be taking a look at those. I'm not going to say no to that. They're fantastic programs. You get to travel the world with them. You know, law schools are more than willing to defer and allow you to complete that before you matriculate. But I'm also not opposed to going straight into law school. Um, I'm looking at definitely some of the schools from the top 15, but I also would love the DFW area. So I'll also be applying to SMU, Texas A&M, and UT and just kind of seeing, you know, who's the best fit for me. With all the stuff that you do and all the stuff you're involved in, how do you maintain a high GPA? Do you have any study tips that you think are the most effective? Yeah, so I think the interesting thing about me is I was lucky and I came in with some AP credits. So I've gotten to take classes from literally, I want to say like almost every school except computer science. That is something I have deep respect for and... um Definitely not my specialty. I've learned my limits. Um, but I think with different classes, you have to have different skills. So that would be my tip for you is just knowing how each class works. You'll know how to study for it. For example, for any of my IP patent lawyers, uh, you know, aspiring patent lawyers, science classes require different, uh, a, a different mindset than your traditional poli-sci classes. So be able to switch from different ways of thinking. In terms of your traditional study skills, I would really recommend um, booking time in your day. Literally scheduling is the only thing that keeps me sane, right? Having a Google calendar and being able to, or, you know, a, a paper agenda. I love using paper agendas as well and more than happy to share my study notes with you. I actually used to have a study blog, um, but I love just making things pretty. So scheduling those times in is a good way to make sure that you're allocating the time you need to accomplish certain tasks. I like using you know, Pomodoro timers or Forest, which is a great tree app that is similar where you just set aside you know, 25 to 30 minutes. I'm gonna focus on this one thing. That is all I'm going to do for that 30 minutes. And you'll find that it's really effective. Something else that was literally life-changing for me. So just for example, right? Like have a, I have one spiral and I take that spiral to my class every day, right? So let's say I have like class A, class B, and class C on Tuesday. I use this one spiral for all in-class notes. Then I go back to my apartment or, you know, your home, library, wherever you want to study. And I have different spirals for every class. So for class A, you know, let's say I want to use purple. I take the in-class lecture notes that I took from my, I call it like my junk journal. And I go through whatever we talked about that day and I rewrite my notes and I add it to whatever textbook notes that I took or you know whatever lecture video that they posted beforehand they wanted to review. And I condense everything into my nice journal. And that journal, I make it pretty, I use highlighters and all that. My junk journal, it's whatever pen I can find in my purse, right? Because in that moment, all I want to do is focus on what the teacher is saying. I'll go and make it pretty later. I'll review and revise it later. Going through that process, I learn the material twice. And I can see where there's gaps, right? Things I don't understand. And then I go back to the teacher and I say, hey, you know, professor so-and-so, I was reviewing this and I'm just, I realized that I wasn't really sure what I wrote here. 
this helps me fill in that gap. So honestly, that was my best study technique. I feel like that applies to any course that you do. Doesn't matter what kind of class it is. Something else that I had to do was figure out if I study well with people. I love talking to people. I'm a people person. I don't study well with people because I like y'all too much. So I get so engaged in wanting to talk to you guys and have fun and hang out that I tend not to be able to focus on my work. Being able to to have that little bit of discipline helps. How do you keep up with your mental health? How do you maintain that? Like, how do you take care of yourself with all of that going on? Yeah, that's literally like the perfect question because just yesterday I was sitting there looking at everything I had to do and I was getting a little bit stressed. I'm not going to lie. I realized that what I need when I get stressed out is I need to talk to someone and I need to talk to someone that's not a friend. I need to talk to someone who's a mentor because they're the ones who I feel like can tell me, hey, it's okay to say no. I have problems saying no to things. So I went to my advisor and I was like, hey, we've been through this before. I can tell that I'm getting stressed out. And what I do is I just dump in a list everything that's stressing me out to her. You know, I'm like, hey, this class is stressing me out and this one's stressing me out. I have this internship coming up and I need to do these applications. I just went through a list with her yesterday and um, she's awesome. Her name is Lindsay and she does this thing where she goes, okay, we're going to focus on this one class. What's stressing you out about it? Once we finish talking about it and we find a solution, she goes like this. And then she just dumps that one away. Like we're done with this one. We took care of it. What's the next thing? That is what works for me. Sometimes what I need is just to sit down, light a candle and just close my eyes or watch some Netflix or something. So I guess my key point is find out what helps you de-stress, whether it is being alone and doing something or going out and reaching for help. Something that happened to me last semester was I was scared that talking to these people would be a sign of weakness. I thought that they would think, oh, you know, she's not a good enough student because she's having trouble. That's not true at all. Honestly, I think it showed them more of my character for them to know that I can recognize when there's a problem. So it's better and more mature for you to kind of take a step back, do what you need to do to keep that mental health up and figure out what works for you. I think that's a great point because I think that's why a lot of people stop themselves from going to a mentor, somebody, um, a professor or somebody in that position because they're like, what if, what if somebody thinks that I am weak? And that's not true at all. To take care of your mental health is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Now, my last question is something I like to ask all of my guests. What is one thing you wish you knew as a sophomore or an underclassman that you would want us to know? What do you think would be important for us to know? If I could go back, something I would want people to know is find what gets you going, right? Like what makes you motivated? What makes you wake up every single day and be willing to work? So when I was a barista at Starbucks, um, my shifts would start at 4.30 in the morning. And the reason I did that was because I wanted to have work done. I wanted to get that, you know, cash money bread coming in before I even started my day. So it really made me reflect on like, why am I doing this? Why am I going down this crazy track? This January, I was halfway through a mock trial tournament. Um, It was virtual. I was in an office and I was in so much pain that I ended up like curled up on the ground. I was like, ow, this really hurts. Something is wrong. 
um me being a girl you know we're all ladies here I thought maybe it's just a crazy time of the month girl I was so wrong the next day I woke up like in a sweat like oh it was a hot mess it was painful and I was like I need to go to the ER my mom being my you know good old Asian mom she's like oh just drink some hot water and lay down you'll be fine I'm like no mom I know I'm an ex-pre-med but girl something is wrong but I'm a good student so I emailed my professors that day and I was like hey just letting you know I'm gonna go to the ER in the morning but I think I'll probably be okay and I'll be in class so I went to the ER talked to the doctors they actually admitted me into the hospital and they were like I think you have a kidney infection and my condition was getting worse at one point I was in sepsis which for those of you who aren't pre-med is like really, really bad. Basically, that means like your whole body's getting um, pretty messed up and it could lead to death. I wasn't like at death's door, but it was getting really bad because the the medications they diagnosed um, weren't working. So it is like, I want to say 4 or 5 p.m. in the evening and I have a class coming up with good old Dr. Harpham. And I show up, beautiful hospital gown, wonderful hospital background. And he's like, oh my God, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? You should be in bed laying down. And I was like, I am in bed. Uh, but I, I wanted to go to that class. I wanted to learn because this is what I really like. This is what I love. I have, some, I have finally found something that gets me going every single day, no matter what. I guess what I'm trying to say is don't be afraid to go down a path that you're not really sure about because my parents are terrified that I'm going to law school. They're like, girl, why did you pick this? But the thing is, I love it. And once you find something you love, it's not a job. It's not taxing. Yes, there are challenges. Yes, there's things that are going to go wrong. But as long as you kind of stay focused, you keep that motivation up and you surround yourself with people who are just like you, who are just as driven, just as motivated, just as hardworking, and are willing to be your team and support you like a family, then I think you're good to go. That wraps up our back to school episode. I want to thank Veda for taking the time out of her schedule to speak to us about her work and career goals. We really appreciate it. As always, this is Under Oath, and I rest my case. Thank you for tuning in today to our bi-weekly episodes. My name is Maisha Shaif and I'm the production chair for WPL. This episode was edited by Kara Curtis and hosted by Kavya Venegopalan. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate it if you left a short review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow us on Instagram at UTDWPL and LinkedIn at UTD Woman Pursuing Law. Goodbye and stay safe.